All right. How do I know I have an addiction? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, I'm going to start first with a review. If you haven't yet, hop over to iTunes and um, leave a review. Rate us. Love to have that. Uh, because that also helps other people find what, uh, what find the podcast. So this one is called Finally Makes Sense. My wife and I have been listening for almost a month. Your conversations add to the addict groups and counseling I go to each week. I'm grateful for your articulate insights, which provide us with a common language to discuss very intense matters. So uh, certainly appreciate that one. And I wish... I wish I could have had this when when I was going to group because it would be a great resource, that's the yes. truth, but I never had anything like this. So uh, I'm glad that this is helping for sure. Absolutely. So today is a little bit different because we don't have Ashlyn with us. And the reason is we wanted to tackle our first episode in um, in a couple of parts because the very first episode is the episode that has been listened to the most. Right. Which is... How do I know I'm an addict right? or have betrayal trauma? Right. I, I think we just wanted to further the, the discussion, the, the dialogue on what is addiction? And um, do, you, you know, do you have an addiction? Are you an addict? And especially with sex addiction, it's, it's really kind of tricky yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we wanted to just revisit that discussion and continue that discussion a little bit. So with Kobe and I here... The expert and the the once addicted. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, let's continue the discussion. So, um, you know what? It it it, it kind of begs two questions. It begs the question of what is addiction, mm-hmm. and then what is recovery? What 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 does it mean to not be in your addiction anymore? Um, so, you know, what is addiction, Kobe? What in in your opinion, what is it? Early early in in life, we had some family members that dealt with addiction, and we attended some some 12-step meetings, and um, one of the definitions that we heard was any, uh, I think it was something like any behavior or substance that negatively affects your life. Okay. Um, so does, does that mean if I eat a Snickers, I'm addicted? Well, did it negatively affect your life? Uh, it made me feel kind of crappy for a while. <laughs> it made you feel crappy, but did, did it make your life feel crappy? Okay, if I eat a double cheeseburger... And yeah, I feel like garbage the rest of the day. Does that mean I'm addicted? Uh, I would say no. Okay, so, but you're saying, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Any negative substance, anything that negatively affects my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I do it and it negatively affects my life. I think there's more to the definition than that. Okay. Um, So there's a lot of debate out there on what is addiction, um, you know, you can find the debate raging when it comes to marijuana. A lot of people would say, look, marijuana is not that addictive. I'm not addicted to it. It's not really ruining my life. Um, and you could find that discussion about masturbation, which is a whole other sure. discussion on, are you addicted to masturbation or is this just normal development, sexual development? Um, you know, and then you got another extreme where people are sh- sticking needles in their arms, shooting up heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we, we all can kind of easily say, well, that's probably addiction, mm-hmm. right? But the masturbator, eh, maybe, maybe not. I, I think we need to simplify it a little bit. Um, and, and I've heard a bunch of different definitions of addiction. Um, the use of a substance to um, numb pain and to get pleasure and its rate and duration increases over time and your life becomes unmanageable as a result. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. That was a lot of words, right? Sure. Um, let's let's simplify it, Kobe, and see if, see if you agree with this. Kay. This is how I look at it. If I don't want to do something, but I continue to do it anyways over and over again, then I have a compulsive behavior that I'm not stopping. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I'm saying I don't want to do it. I don't want the consequences of it. I don't want certain things to happen in my life, but you know what? I'll do it anyways. I'll use justification. I'll rationalize my way into it, and I'll do it over and over and over again, even though I don't want the consequences of, of using that mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. Now, that's important to say, really, really understand, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't desire to do that thing, but I'm doing it anyways. But isn't acknowledging that, like, like really saying that out loud to yourself... Isn't that a isn't that a critical part of that of that piece? If you want change. Yeah. But where where you acknowledge I can't stop doing this even though I really want to stop. Mm-hmm. That that's a huge part of recovery. And really that's step one in the twelve steps, if you look closely mm-hmm. at it. Is I I'm, I'm, I have this compulsion and w- Unto myself, I'm having a having a very very difficult time not participating in this thing. Right, right, right. Um, and so you know, there's different consequences to the use of different things. If you're a if you're a highly religious person where masturbation is looked at as a bad thing, and you masturbate, there's different consequences there. Right. Than somebody who's not highly religious and they masturbate and they don't have the same consequences. Um, if if I if I eat a cheeseburger, there's a different consequence there than if I go get totally drunk, right? Yes. You see, there's a different consequence. Both those things are things that will numb me out and make me feel good. For sure. But I'll do different things. And so most most Americans, most people are addicted to sugar uh-huh. and addicted to TV. Okay. And the the and maybe not. Maybe they want to do those things, right? But it's interesting. Every New Year's, it you know, being New Year's right now, right? Everybody's like, I want to quit sugar. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do it this year. Yet continue to just consume the sugar, right? Um, and the reason why that can continue is because the consequences of sugar are actually really, really great, but they don't. You don't realize them for a long time, right? right? So the consequences don't build up. So it's like, well, I can easily justify continuing to do this thing that I don't want to do because I don't really need to change because the consequences aren't hitting sure. me that hard. Sure. Right? No, that makes total sense. And I can think back to, th- there were many, many, many times um, as, a, as a teenager, I remember thinking after I'd act out, you know, that's probably the last time. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just that, right. I would say that so in passing and so casually um, that it was, I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I, I would just casually say that realizing that I had once again done something that I couldn't stop myself from doing, but yet I was always back there. Oh, okay, I got to ask you this, Kobe, and maybe this will take us off on a whole, whole other topic. That, okay. 
and and we'll have to come back to the original topic here but um most teenagers masturbate Mm -hmm. correct Mm -hmm. so are most teenagers addicted to masturbation I don't think I'm qualified enough to answer that question. <laughs> if you're talking about me as a teenager, <laughs> well, okay, just, yeah, just we don't have the research, but uh, yeah, yeah. in your opinion, like how, what percentage of of teenagers do you think masturbate? I, ha- I dude, I don't even just I, throw it, throw one out there. Fifty percent. Oh man, I think you're so low. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, in my opinion, from my, and and you got to realize, I sit in my office all day and talk to people about how they masturbate. So okay. I just think everybody masturbates, <laughs> <laughs> but I think. I think most people, as they go through adolescence, they go through through a period of masturbation. Okay. And um, now those people who didn't masturbate are listening to this thinking, whatever, they do not, but ask around. Yeah. <laughs> ask your friends if they masturbated when yeah, they were yeah. in high school and you'll find out. Um, so, okay. So what's the difference between like that compulsive behavior or we can look at it as that, that part of sexual development, uh-huh. right? And addiction. Because I think it's really dangerous to call a 16-year-old an addict who starts masturbating, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're saying, I, I'm acting out when I'm young, you know, you probably felt like an addict because it was dr- driven into you pretty pretty strongly yeah, yeah. that that is bad behavior, right? right? Right, And you're compulsively doing it. Right. So were you an addict or were you normal development with shame heaped on that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's a super fair question. And I would honestly just need to take time to think about that. Like thinking back to how I was, I would probably say that the thoughts that I had, that ah, I should, this should probably be the last time. That was, those were probably more um, thoughts of guilt versus thoughts of shame. Okay. Meaning what I did was wrong, but I, but I don't, I don't recall having these um, shame filled. I'm bad thoughts okay now when it came to going to church on sunday as a teenager um i definitely felt a feeling of guilt um but i don't i don't know if it was necessarily shame okay at that point okay but you still continued to participate oh sure in that behavior yeah 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 um this is what i see uh when whether it's masturbation whether it's food whether it's drugs when you start to use something to um, avoid going through some pain, mm-hmm. going through some emotion, yeah, and so you know every time you're stressed, you go masturbate, or mm-hmm. every time you're sad and lonely, you go eat a bag of Oreos. Sure, like that's when the the grips of addiction start to tighten a little bit mm-hmm. because now you're conditioning your brain to say, okay, when life gets hard, and 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 uh, and I got to deal with it. I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Except for finding this thing that can help me escape. Sure. To not deal with with life. Yeah. Right. And so then your brain's like, okay, every time every time the trigger comes, your limbic system says, you know what to do. Go right down this path to, to that sugar. Go right down to this path to that pornography or, or or that drug or whatever it is. And then you go hit that over and over and over again because in life there's going to be pain. Right. Yeah, I I can for sure think back to um, coming home from man for a lot of times in in high school, and I would play football. I pl- I played soccer. I would have I'd go to work after those, 
And um, I remember coming home some nights just like beat and really telling myself, I'm so tired and I'm stressed from school. I'm just going to go look at porn and masturbate See, because I deserve it. Satiation. You're yes. saying I need to just uh, chill yes, out from all exactly. these feelings. And and that's where it really starts. And that's different than you mindfully choosing into an experience, right? You're saying I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pain. Yeah. I want to numb out. And so you go numb out. Yep. And that's where you'll go numb out over and over and over again. Now, yeah. this is what's interesting is I had those, I had those um, feelings all the time, especially in, into adulthood. But what's interesting is, is when I transitioned into adulthood, um, physically, not emotionally. <laughs> but when <laughs> my, my, my daughter told my other daughter, my, my other daughter's turning 12 soon. Yeah. And my six-year-old went up to her and said, you have puberty. <laughs> Anyways, that's sorry. so great. Side you have note. puberty. No, so you had just, you had puberty. That's awesome. I had puberty going on <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> and I like it's a disease or something. Exactly. Yeah. You got puberty. <laughs> so sorry, but I remember. I remember specifically in adulthood thinking, "Man, I'm bad because of what I did." So my my um, the I guess the size, the shape, the intensity of. My addiction escalated when I really began to register thoughts of shame. And so what began to happen over time was um, was shame became a driving force behind my acting out. Yeah. Yeah, because and now shame's uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm bad because I acted out. So I'm just bad. And that would be humped on. And the way I would see it in my head is like, there's one layer of you shame. you say that would be humped on? Yeah, lumped on. Did I really <laughs> I say know. that? Yes, I really said that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. The, the shame would the lead shame to would more just shame. yeah would just one layer upon one layer upon another layer um, of I'm no good and I'm bad because of what I did. And if anybody really knew me, they wouldn't like me. They wouldn't love me. They wouldn't accept me. And so that's Sounds when Sounds like a life I would want to numb out. Oh, dude, I did. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you I did. did. And and so I guess what I'm saying is is that would also be to me an indicator, a mile marker. You're describing the perpetual cycle of addiction yeah. right there. It, it makes yeah. it, it feels it makes you feel good in the short term, it makes you feel bad in the long run. Mm -hmm. So you want to go feel good, so you yeah. use it which makes you feel bad yeah. and and the cycle goes on and on and on. Sure. And and if you watch any episode, this is really interesting. I'm thinking of this, I don't know why. But if you watch any episode of Intervention on A&E, and it's been on for years and years and years. No matter if it was, you know, alcohol, if it was drugs, if it was a food addiction, you know, bulimia or anorexia or whatever, you would observe people, you know, acting out. And then you'd see the shame cycle that would lead to more acting out, which is exactly right. And when I had binges, it was because of that exact thing. So I think that the, that the, the um, association to shame is just a really fundamental part of assessing whether or not you have an addiction. Well, it's interesting. There's a TED Talk by a guy named Johan Hari. It's one of my favorite TED Talks. It's really good. And uh, he made a point where he's like, if I handed vodka out to everybody in the audience today, and let's say everybody drank some, um, you all wouldn't become alcoholics. And, and he asked the question, Why? You know, he's handing this addictive substance out to all these people. And the reason is, in, 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 you know, to simplify it down his talk, the reason is, is 
those people don't have lives that they want to numb out. They don't have lives that they want to escape. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good things going on in their life. Um, they love themselves. They have family that loves them. They have jobs that they like. And and if they have the full thing going on, yeah, then they're not going to go escape. Now, when you talk about Spike, that Spike narrative or Spike in your head all the time, you want to shut him up. Yeah, yeah. And, and addiction can shut him up for a moment because you're just in that moment of dopamine rush mm-hmm. bliss, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you... You know, you're you're much more prone to addiction, and you're living as an addict if you have a life that you want to numb out. Yeah. So if you don't have life purpose, if you don't have a way to cope with your emotions, if you don't have good relationships, um, if you don't have a job that you enjoy, then you're more likely to end up numbing out and using compulsive behaviors to avoid life. And that's just a, that's just screams of the ability to or the lack of ability to go through hard things. I, I will say this too. One of the other ones that that followed on the heels of I'm bad because of what I did was the impact that this had on my relationship with Ashlyn. Yes. On my partner. Yes. Um, because the more shame I felt in my when I was, you know, in my relationship, the more I would withdraw, the more shame it, like she could feel more shame from yes. me. And I wanted to distance myself. I wasn't I did. I didn't want to engage with her because yes. of that, and and so the the tangible energy that's associated with the shame of addiction is palpable. And if you're feeling like that your relationship has been negatively affected um, because of this, that's probably why. Yeah. So uh, hear me through on this, please. But betrayal trauma feeds addiction, and I'm mm, no way saying yeah. I'm blaming the betrayed at all. But what I am saying is this, is when when you have betrayed and you see the disconnect and you feel the abandonment and you feel the rejection and all of those things yeah. that naturally happen when you betrayed somebody, that's just further proof that you suck, yeah. that you're not lovable, and, pro- and reason why you should go just numb your life out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's some really great, um, there's some really great mile markers that we've touched on um, about this, about what addiction could be. And so if you've heard anything that you, that you like, that struck you, then you know what, rewind it, listen to it again. But if, but, but the truth is, is that, um, there's always a way to heal and there's always a way to move forward. There, there, there's some place that it, it, you know, it's not always so black and white mm-hmm. and what, what I think somebody could listen to this episode and use it as denial to say, I'm not actually an addict. Yeah. Right. And then somebody could listen to this episode and say, oh my gosh, I'm such an addict when maybe they're not. Yeah. And there's some place in there where you find honesty, reality, where it's, and, and only you know that inside yourself. I have these compulsive behaviors that I can't control and I know it's getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna choose to face it and own it and get honest about it so that I can get in recovery. Um, not avoid it, live in denial, blame other people for the problems in my life. For sure. But actually own where I'm at. Love so. it. Okay, guys, appreciate you being here. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and rate and review because uh, it always helps other people to find us. Happy New Year. Thanks for being See here. You guys.